welcome everybody to the On The Whistle podcast. Uh, once again, we're back interviewing uh, people who have had a footstep in the history of South African football and are trying to create a pathway with the latest group of South African football athletes. Today, we are happily joined by someone I've played with and admired a lot with a wizard of a left foot. We say good morning to you, Mr. Mandlazwane. Yeah, good morning, uh, Courtney, and thanks for having me. And good uh, good morning, uh, good morning in your time uh, to your to the viewers and listeners of the podcast. Well, Mandla, um, as as we've said before, you and I have played together, um, and I was lucky to have played with you. I was I was shocked that you came to our club, such a talented player. Um, but let's get directly into it, Mandla. You played yeah. some fantastic clubs but as when you were at pirates you were snapped up by porto by the legendary bobby robson and jose marina how did that happen can you tell our viewers please yeah i remember that very 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 well um i was probably actually i was promoted to the pirates senior team and then from there the first under 20 national side that was assembled that was part of that team then from there when the national team trained is obviously there were scouts so there was a guy by the name of marcelo hausman who took your film on massinga and lucas hatebe over to leeds and all the top players that used to play in, in, in who played that trade in turkey he was the guy that um came to me and said look um would you sign up with me i'll take you overseas you know and at the time, remember, I was young and I knew about European football um, quite extensively. So now I agreed to it. And then now what he did was he arranged for the trials for me to, to Holland. There I traveled with um, NS Shirawali, formerly known as Mdawadi, former Sundowns great. I, I also traveled with Etienne in Zonda, that, he was my former team, teammate at Paris at the time. And then now when we got there, we met a guy from Argentina, his name was Walter Paz. So we all went to Feyenoord. Then there at Feyenoord, I met uh, Henry Glassen. He was, a tri he, was tri he was on trial as well at Feyenoord at the time. As, uh, he was young, he was, he, he was from, the guy from Sweden, you know Henry Glassen. An unbelievable player ended up scoring yeah. goals for Celtic. Yeah, that one. And then the Manchester. one and only, the one and only. Later on, he went to, to Manchester. Yes, we did trial there. And then now, when we play the friendly game, so it's obviously you know friendly games are open, so people come and watch. You know, so fair not play the friendly game. Apparently, remember the late Sir Bobby Robson once coached PSV. So he had people there Coach all over the country. PSV and Hoven in Holland, yes. PSV and Hoven in Holland. So apparently there were people who were watching the game. Then eventually they picked up their phone and said, you know what? We found a gem here. Rather take him away before Feyenoord does something. Because I went there for Feyenoord, remember, for trials. And then that was a week before the elections in South Africa, first elections in South Africa in 94. And just a couple of months before the World Cup, you know. So, so that's how it came about. And then now, after having impressed on trials at Feyenoord, um, I said to myself, after the World Cup, I'm going back to Holland. 
little did I know that uh, the tables have turned, you know, instead of Holland, now it's now Portugal. They didn't go and try their chance when they signed because of apparently the people that were watching the game, they gave a good review about me on the day. Even the great NS Shirwali was like, wow, boy, you play more than, you know, you don't play like the South African player. You play more like a European. I'm like, you know what? I used to watch European football from the age of 15. Can you imagine? Then when I turned pro, I knew exactly the profiling of the European teams. Not necessarily Holland, but uh, you know, remember I used to watch the highlights of European soccer back in the day. You know, in the pop TV, we used to even have the match of the week, the big games. You know, I used to watch, copy those styles here and there. Then when I when I went over to Holland, I was like, oh, okay, this is where I wanted to be anyway. That's how the movie got got about. Wow. Yeah. What, what an unbelievable route. You know, firstly, you, you've traveled with greats, Anish Chilwali, who can, for yeah. sake. What an yeah. unbelievable player from Malawi uh, yeah. and had a beautiful career in South Africa. So yeah. you, in, you, you, you end up going over to Portugal. Now you start training under Bobby Robson and then the very young Jose Mourinho at the time was also playing his trade, being given the opportunity to learn as a manager. What was the experience like? Wow. The experience was overwhelming because you, 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 I was training with the guys who just played in the World Cup. Your Costa Rica from Bulgaria. Your Uran from Russia and Kulkov. Your Palak, you know, Palakov was at Sporting. Your, the guys from Brazil. Remember, there's a guy who used to play for, for Middlesbrough, Emerson, with a long, uh, long hair. Yes. I played with, you know, so. The experience was massive because remember, the very same player that lifted the Champions League with Benny McCarthy, George Costa, was still up and coming at the time. But he was promising. You know, Victor Bayer, the goalkeeper for national team in Portugal, Domingos, the striker, the current under 23 coach, Rui George, the current under 23 Portugal coach, Rui George. I mean, the experience was just massive for me. You know, and look, I I I stood my my my, my I, like I, I stood my ground because of I was in the radar of being signed by actually to be registered because of remember we were about nine foreigners in the club at the time and only six can be registered, so we just had to buy our time where some of the Brazilian players, your know, Carlos and uh, Aluizio, they were gonna be given uh, the citizenship in Portugal, which was gonna free up the space for foreigners. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, you, you were fortunate there. So there was an opportunity that if they were given citizenship, they can sign more. Uh, yes, and, uh, and fortunately, I was waiting for my turn because of in October, they got their citizenship. Then a tenant zone that was signed, was registered at Porto at the time. So it was going to be my turn around about January, late December, January. One of the players was going to be registered as a citizen of Portugal. Then I was going to be registered to play in the league. But I was training and playing friendly games in the in the in, in the interim. So so Mantra, just for people that have never asked you this question or you've never spoken about it to somebody, put us in the position. What was it like being around someone as knowledgeable as Sir Bobby Robson? You must remember Bobby Robson had Ronaldo at one stage. Yep. Under his care, right? Yeah. yeah. He had just left the England team. And had taken them to the 94 World Cup. Yeah. 
And now he's also got this young manager on the side coming through to be, what was it like being around the training and, and learning from these people? It wasn't, it, it wasn't so real, man. It was like, you know, wow. You see, you see things that you've never seen in your life, the preparation, the organization, and everything that has to do with what is happening currently in modern, in modern football. But um, remember the time Jose was still young, up and coming, and he, he, he used to come to me and ask me, because he couldn't pronounce Mandela. He used to say Mandela, he used to say to me, and then everything just clicked because I'm from South Africa, and the president of South Africa is Nelson Mandela. So if you cut, if you put E between D and L, it's Mandela. So, and again, the clicks, you know, they don't know how to pronounce the names. They say, hey, Mandela, come here. Um, tell me, what are you going to be doing today? Because of whatever that Ronaldinho was doing at Barcelona, he used to experience it firsthand while I was at Porto. He would, would, they would come and ask me, and then tell me, do you have eyes at the back of your ears, of your head? I'm like, no, why? But how did you see that player? I said, no, don't worry about that. But then I just, just be content that I was able to see the player long before the ball was played to me. So I was more like, you know, I was screening long before the game is what... I would say more what Messi is doing before he gets to the ball. He knows exactly what he's going to do next. So, you know, it was like that for me. So, but again, the, to play again, to play around, to be around the players from the World Cup and those players who are playing in Europe and the coaching staff that was there at the time, your game improves exponentially. You know, because now your thinking process is no longer as slow as it was. If it was slow, but then now you are always a step ahead or two from the opponent. Then now in that in that instance, then now your game improves. You know, I improved in my game to a point that even when we play friendly matches, you know, at in Porto when they train, even supporters come and watch training. They used to come and watch, and then you know, talk about what they've seen in me, so I was a revelation to them. Unfortunately, because of this foreign coach, I think I was a bit somehow sidetracked. And then later on, another coach from an NFT team called and said, no, he's looking for players to reinforce the team in January. And then that's when I get to be loaned. And then now my football started to go slightly down. But look, the experience that I got at Porto, I mean, it was, we cannot quantify it to anything. You know, you know, Manda, that's such a lovely thing to hear. Um, you know, um, and and you have these big names on your on your resume where you you've done, and they post they wanted you, but obviously the quota system at the time was such a strict thing. Immigration yeah. is yeah. so strict. But looking through your career, Manda, where you've played and where you've done well, where would you say you've played your best football? And please don't say Manning Rangers, man, because we were fighting relegation. When you <laughs> but where did you feel you played your best football that expressed who you are? Look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blink twice about it. Supersport, United, was the place where um, I flourished. Because from even from there, that's when I got to play in Africa in the Champions League. And also that's where now Bafana Bafana, I also represented my country. And you know, yeah, and again I was with a guy who 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 understood our South African our South Africanness first and the way football should be played. And I mean Pizzo to be where he is today 
I am not surprised because of um, he is the everything. He eats, sleep, and drink football, nothing else. You take football away from him, he's dead. Period. You so know, you but I did enjoy my time at Supersport. So you had Pizzo as your manager? Yes, remember at the time when I joined Supersport, when I left you, the coach was still Bruce Robler, the legend himself from Liverpool. Yes. He was the coach at the time. But then now, as soon as I joined Supersport, after a week or two, I got injured. And then I had to do operation, a, a meniscus operation. So I was out of the team for quite some time, for up something like two to three months. And then at the, in the process, then the, 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 the coach was fired Then Pizzo took over. Then when he took over Piso, then then now he started to introduce this Real Madrid, the Galactico style of football. You remember the Real Madrid of uh, Zidane and Beckham and Ronaldo and Raul? You score three, they score four. He introduced that kind of a, a, a philosophy at Supersport. And then because he knew the players that he had, so hence the Supersport was, the, was untouchable between the year of 2001 and 2006-07, somewhere there, Pantini left. Then Kevin Hunt came in and then took, took over from Pizzo and then started winning trophies, but the foundation was laid by Pizzo. So coming back to your question, that's where I enjoyed my football the most, at Supersport United. Now you've, seen, you've, you've seen Pizzo going on to do many great things. What is wow. the sundowns? Yeah. What he did when Sanda, when uh, Patrice first got into Sundowns and how he stopped this elaborate buying and created a team structure there. Mm. What was it about Pizzo that sets him aside, you think, from the rest of the managers you worked with? Look, the way he analyzed games, remember, before he used to, say, for example, you're playing um, Dynamos in two weeks' time right straight after the game today say for example today is saturday and dynamos is playing in kiani the next day on a sunday after the game five o'clock he drives to kiani to watch dynamos and mind you he'll bring a stack of papers of analysis how who does what and what when he goes to pee what happens you know who's gonna come in second half and who's he gonna be replacing and what is their strong point what is their weaknesses and then you'll come back and give us each and everyone the homework to say okay this is what i've seen would study that remind mind you there were no dvds at the time they were just vhs cassettes you know so we used to stay at multi-choice watch the video cassette analyze each and every individual that's the difference between him and the rest so he was doing the analysis when analysis in South Africa. And, and yeah. you must remember, you and I were playing together. In the team yeah. we were playing, there was no analysis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And mind you, he did it on his own. Eh? On his own drive, go watch the match and analyze opposition the entire game. How he did it, we don't know because of he must move with the ball and also check the defense. You know what I mean? It takes someone with very, very, very intelligent eyes and understanding to say, this is what is happening. While the ball is, is mid-air, is checking the defense, how they shape up when they attack, how are they vulnerable when in, at, in, in position of the ball, and then how to capitalize on that. Do you know what I mean? So his analysis was like, was as if now he had cameras all over the field, only to find that you know, he was watching through his, all his naked eyes. You know? So whatever that he was telling us, they came out that way. 
That's such a lot of information for one person to compress. Oh, to, con to compress such information on one person is not easy, but he managed. And so, look where it took him to today. Well, uh, you know, you know, Mandla, you, you talk about that. Uh, and we've been very luckily on our show to be able to interview analysts and sporting directors. And the team is made up of maybe two or three people when they are analyzing teams. Because mm. there's so much that needs to be analyzed. And you telling me Pizzo was, after games, going to do this on his own. Yeah, he was doing it on his own without cameras, eh? Without cameras. Which, which now says to me, you need that more. Because camera only shows where the action is of the, of the, of the game is. But it doesn't show where, what the team's like when they attack. You know, so it needs someone who's very, 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 you know, I don't know, the, eye, the eyes of, a, of, of the hawk to be able to capture just about every part of the field without disturbance. Because camera will only show you where the action is. Yes. yes. You know, yeah. Yes. But he was able to, to gather all the information. And mind you, how can you check the sub? What time are they being made and who comes in for who? Who dare to worry about that? But he was worried about that because of he didn't want to be surprised. You know, he worked hard at it. He didn't want to be he didn't want you didn't want to see surprises. So we knew exactly when this happens, this is what's gonna happen. When that happens, this is what's going to happen. So we go in there with our God given talent, with the first hand information of what's gonna happen. So obviously this is football, but at least seventy percent or eighty percent of what he told you. It came out just exactly as it came out, as as he told you. So, like I said, for me, he never needed video analyst because he was a video analyst. Mm. So we were so fortunate that to have him at SuperSport to to plan a plan of action. How do we behave around and how do we punish the opposition whenever we play against them? It was not only Dynamos. It was gonna be leopards, gonna gonna be free state stars, gonna be Bloomfield and Celtics, gonna be unless if we were playing in Santos in Cape Town, he would. But he wanted. But if they are far away from us, he wouldn't worry about. But but when they play in two weeks time and they are playing in Johannesburg, then the whole team would go and watch Santos play. And then now we start helping each other. And then now we start organizing and helping that when this happens, this is what's going to happen. And mind you, he would tell you, don't worry about Mark Ethier a lot. You know, you remember Mark Ethier? He will say, don't worry about him a lot. Just worry about um, Marawan Pantam and the other one. What's his name? Tarinarense. Those are the ones. Because this one will just flick, but don't worry about the first ball. What about the second ball? And the third ball. That's what. That was his message from time to time. But wow, what a message. So, Manza, you were lucky to have this information being... You're actually learning from it when you're not learning from it. Yeah. You, yep. you, you, you're thinking, well, this is how things get prepared. Uh, so give us, a, give us, why did you now start to think i want to go into football management now let's talk about management look um you know um if you're a football person and you see other youngsters are playing soccer but you see that 
they they love it, but they need to be policed in a certain direction. Remember, um, the current generation they are lucky to have iPod or maybe tablet and laptop to to, to pass time with. But if they wanna play football seriously, they must also take the gadget away from themselves and focus on the game. So one of the things that I wanted to do was to impart my knowledge and experience to share with the players and also to open up others, other doors that ordinarily wouldn't have been opened because right now I can tell you I've got players all over South Africa playing the PSL. But imagine if maybe I didn't give them that little bit of inside scope of what is what is other expectations at the higher level maybe they wouldn't have made it maybe they would have made it we don't know because of our scouting system in the country it's not that up to the level where we all want it to be you know yeah that's why i wanted to get into coaching and managing the team because of it's important to to pass on the information uh, to, to to pass on and then give back to the community and to I give back to people what football has given you if you look across um some of our uh, our coaches, the, 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 not everyone is so well qualified, Mantra. This is something that when we speak to coaches, you find out, no, you've just coached the under-23s. You've been around the club for a long time. The manager got fired. You've fallen into the job. What qualification do you currently hold? Um, I currently have a license, the highest qualification on the continent which is recognized in the continent um i i uh, obtained it since 2017 you know and which is something that i wanted to do and mind you the person who who introduced me to coaching and may his soul rest in peace is no longer alive thomas madikach he asked me he said to me you know what the way you play and the way you do things with the youngsters i think don't you consider coaching? I said, hey, maybe at a later stage in my career, I would consider coaching. Thomas Madekhahe. But um, it's obviously, Piso Musmane also had an, um, a say in it and to say, get qualifications. Don't rely on your football playing only, but get qualifications. Because of when you are qualified, um, you'd understand football differently than when you, 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 you were still playing. Then I took his advice and then I, I did my coaching qualifications. So you get advice from the late Thomas Marekhah, who was a genius himself in terms of football. Yeah. You get uh, advice from Pizzo Mosimani, who is a genius currently. Yeah. And, and creating legendary status in football. Yep. What, what are you managing a team at the moment? <laughs> Million dollar question. I am not managing a team. And I'm not even an assistant in any team um because of the state of our football in south africa the way it is you know um club owners they want their own people there or whatever the case may be i don't know hold on mantra hold on mantra hold on i think you're being polite here i think you're being polite let me help you as a youngster you were taken into yeah. europe yeah you've got an experience of european behaviors yeah you've worked under legendary managers which we've spoken about bobby robson a young jose Mourinho. yeah You've come back into South Africa, mm -hmm. worked under a legendary manager of Pizzo Mosimane, who's gone on to do things that a lot of people couldn't do in four lifetimes. Yeah. 
You've then also worked under Thomas Madikache, who was not just a wonderful player, but a fantastic assistant coach. Yeah. Then you are not being lazy. You've gone on to get your CAF A license, which is the highest qualification on the African continent. And you telling me you are unemployed at this moment. Yep. Yep. It's like that. It is. You have to help me understand. How, how, how is that possible? You and I, we don't know. Manja, if I'm, if I'm a, a, an owner of a club, yeah, and I'm looking at your CV or I'm listening to this conversation, I'm thinking, I need to get that man somewhere involved in my youth system because he's going to be my next head coach. Yeah, it, you see, in Europe, this is how the, the thinking is, is like. It's, the thinking is like that. But over here, the thinking is not like that. How? I don't know. Who must change it? I don't know. Unless if the mother body decides to stamp its foot down and say, you know what? Let's do audit. Qualification audit. Having said that, it doesn't mean that when you are qualified, you can be a good coach, you won't be fired. No, I'm not saying that. But up until the mother body itself puts its foot down and say, you know what? Enough is enough. Because you're making our league a mockery. Well, listen, Manta, let, let's simplify it for you. Yeah. Touch wood. Let's say you break your leg. Yeah. Wood. Yeah. When you go to the, the hospital, do you want to be operated by a doctor who's qualified? Or a doctor who has been working for a long time with no qualifications? I'd rather be operated by the doctor who's qualified. So if you are not qualified, you shouldn't even be in the you, you shouldn't even be there in the first place. Thank you know you. what I mean? You shouldn't be even be there in the first place. But uh, sometimes, you know, certain abnormalities becomes normal in South Africa. So, yeah. Oh, I love that phrase. Abnormalities become normal. Yeah. I, I find it a staggering situation with your experience, with your yeah. your knowledge, with your qualifications. You're not even in a system. Mind you, uh, maybe let me just say I was employed by the institution, a university team that uh, I was working with, Bradley Cannell, who is currently in America managing St. Louisiana, yeah. the, the major, league, major league team, you know what I mean? As young as he was, he was given an opportunity, and then luckily I was in the system at UJ. They took me from their development side to their senior side, and of which this is where I spent most of my coaching career. That's when I also obtained my qualifications through University of Johannesburg because they played a very, very, very good role in shaping me and shaping my career path in terms of coaching. And in the process, um, some of the players that I coach at UJ, they are playing PSL. One is in America, other two is in, they are in Poland, third or fourth division teams. Others are play, playing locally, PSL teams, Kevin Simang is the captain of TS Galaxy, Sean Mukhaila is playing for Royal AM. They are playing tonight. I had a chat with him this afternoon. Um, um, Neo Libopa is playing for an NFT site. The Sikho Sibetlela is playing for Sikukun in the PSL. 
two players are playing for Muraka Swallows. You know, I have got quite a, quite a number of players that I work with who are household names in those respective teams as you speak. You know, so yeah. This is fascinating, Mandela. Yeah. Shocking, but this is not an uncommon thing. Yeah. On our show and our viewers would know this. We had a conversation a few months back with where we had all four legends on. We had uh, Fanny Matite, Benedict Villagaze, um, and Tabum Gomeni. And we were talking about why are ex-professionals not falling into the game? And, and Tabum Gomeni, as we know, is a legend at Pirates with Bafana, Benedict yep. as well. Yeah. They cannot find jobs, yet they are qualified. Look, you know, it's difficult. You can't even pin it to one thing only you know what i mean so it's a question of proximity one two it's a question of who knows who where thirdly it's like we are being not i don't want to use the word victimized but you are being somehow punished that you want things to be done on our to, to be delivered on our silver on our laps you know what i mean and of which to a large extent, yeah, but majority of the guys who play the game, they're no longer in football. Those who are in football is because of the structures that are existence, right? Are in existence right now. They can only absorb the only, only few players. Those who played. You know what I mean? So only few vacancies that are available because one, majority of the teams only have the under nine up until the under nineteen team. Hence maybe this conundrum, or maybe hence this uh, backlog, or maybe challenges that most ex-pros are no longer coaching. Maybe if they want to do coaching, they're no longer into football because of the systems in place, or maybe structures that are not in existence. You know what I mean? And again, you know the composition of teams in Europe. It's not like someone who's going to buy a club and then now he's, going, he's owning a club. No. It's like the club is from the area where the person in who's leading the club gets elected by the by, by the members of the club of the of, of where the team is based, and then there are accountabilities. There's accountability in that instance. So in our case, is that someone with money buys a club, and then boom, PSL. But where is the conveyor belt? There's no conveyor belt. That's where we miss it as a country. So if I put the question to you, Manta. I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna ask you the question. What yeah. is the type of role you are looking for currently? Because the easy answer is yes, I can see you being a manager in the future. You qualified yeah. to be a manager. Yeah. But what is your current role you are looking for? Look, the role that I'm looking for, it's obviously even if I can be an assistant coach, it's okay. I don't have a problem with that. Or to be an to analyze in upcoming matches to come to the head coach and report what the oppositions are like, how they're playing. And also remember this current World Cup, the one that just ended now, the fixtures are shocker blocked to a point in the sense that they'll be playing Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. So now those ones who are traveling, they are okay. What about those ones who are remaining behind? That's where now I'm also going to be, you know, if be given an opportunity to say, okay, come and do this, but with the coach's program that the coach wants the players to train in this fashion. 
not to do that, to dilute, but to follow the protocol of the senior head coach. You just made me laugh, Mandla, because I'm thinking about a time. Well, this never happened to you, but this happened to me all the time when we were at Rangers together. Gordon would work with the team that is playing, going to be playing, yes. and then I would be on the far end. We would just be kicking the ball, just waiting, yeah. doing nothing. And then yeah. we're just standing there doing nothing, you know. But listen to what you're saying. Making that's when now the unit is now. Yeah, that's when now these issues of losing games because of those players who are not traveling, they're no longer happy, those no one looking after them, then they're not, they're not gonna put in an effort. Then now when those those ones that are traveling are injured or suspended, they need those ones. They are way behind in terms of fitness. You know, maybe there's a club that is doing that, sundowns. Others, maybe they are doing it, maybe they are not doing it, I don't know. But sometimes I can tell you, one of our colleagues whom that I, I had shared some moments with, our, 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 I went to a game and watch, David Notwane, when the team travels to Africa and do whatever, those ones who are left behind is in charge of those players. So to keep their fitness level and then, so that they might not be thinking otherwise that they're not being important and all of those things. Because those ones who are not playing, they're the most important players because of they pushing those ones who are playing. So just remember, find that how, how many games have been played a season? How many games have been played? 50, 60? You mean in South Africa? Yeah. We'd be lucky to play 40 games. Okay, 40 games. There's 16 teams. You the, the the same 11 cannot play 40 games. Yeah, the same 11 cannot. There's suspension, there's injuries. You know, there's a loss there's of form. Yeah. So you need to nurture the unit and not just the team. Not just the team that is, is playing regularly with the first 18, because then now, even when they come to training, others will miss training because of they know they want to play because of they are in the regu they are regulars. You know, so players, you know, uh, you know, from that space, we can see that ah, uh, coaches favor the players. Oh. So no matter what, they're not going to want to be in the team, even if they're not putting their weight. So that's the mentality. So hence I said uh, that would be my role to be also helping with non-traveling players to be training according to the coach's uh, program. I'll say this to you now, coming back to current affairs, yeah. sundowns are on op Operation Fat Alice again, taking yeah. everything. Yeah. What a structure. It's easy when you have a billionaire throwing money at a club. Uh, they've got analysts, multiple yeah. analysts, Conditioning mm -hmm. coach, women's football team, young team structure. The team is on its way to winning the PSL again. Who do you think could be their biggest threats this season? Look, South African football has always been the big three. A little bit of super sport because now Kevin is back and now they, are, they look like they, 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 they are strong, they are con uh, competing. Super sport is one of those teams that. Um, I think can give Sundowns a good run for their money outside the big three. Outside the big three. So, so okay. I, I'm I'm shocked you didn't call Pirates. I'm shocked. No, hence I said the big three is Chiefs, Pirates, and Sundowns. Yes, outside the big three, it's gonna be could be Super Sport. Okay, do you want to expand a bit on that? Why why Super Sport? Look, um, they've got someone who's very, very astute, someone who knows the league, someone who understands the mentality, the psyche, and what it takes to win. You know, 
So that is why I'm saying to you, um, he, he, he is one of the outside uh, dark horses to, to, to push Sundowns to the limit, if not to push the big three, meaning Chiefs and Pirates as well together. You know, because of he's been there, he's only three times back to back, you know, and right currently is lying second. You can see from there that, you know, they, they can be a dark horses because they've got the driver that knows how to win, they've got the driver that his structure is well set, you know. We had Gavin Hunt uh, on our show about a month ago, and mm -hmm. Gavin Hunt, the ever professional, uh, very expressive. He yeah. put down his challenge. He said he doesn't have the team to win it. He's up there, but he doesn't have the team to win it. Look, he knows how to grind. They remember he took leopards from Oblivion to to something else. He took leopards to top eight for the first time in the leopards history. He won the cup with Swallows. Swallows, they usually they are somewhere there in the, in the relegation, but he won the cup with Swallows. And later on, when he went to Supersport, he won. We went to Vets. Vets, they were not winning league medals. They were only winning cups. But when they went to Vets, Vets won the league, won the cup. So hence I said, there's someone that knows how to win, regardless as to what is at his disposal. The, the, yes. Um, uh, personally, I feel Supersport got a big opportunity. I yeah. Think Pirates are well equipped with their management, with their training, with the facilities and what they have in front of them. If you ask my opinion, I feel Chiefs are still a bit young. Arthur's one is a young manager coming into a big job. So the opportunities are there, but I agree with you, Mandla. Uh, Super sports are a dark horse in this race. Yeah, look... Um... Pirates and Chiefs, actually the team that like would go pound for pound with, with Sundowns, it is Pirates currently. Pound for pound. It is Pirates. It's only themselves to, it, it, it can only be themselves not to, to win the league. But in terms of players and the depth of the, of the team, they've got quite a, a, a they assembled, usually Pirates assemble very, very good team, but they falter during the season. How? I don't know. What causes that? I don't know. But as I said, super sport, they are there. Chiefs, you cannot rule Chiefs out. We all know Chiefs, the pedigree. You cannot rule it out. But for now, Sundowns is just head and shoulders above everyone else. Wow. Manja, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, get your insight, uh, hear how passionate you are for the job and what you are looking for in the future. Uh, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today and giving me your insights into what you want to do and 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 the challenge for this Premier League season. Thank you so yeah. much. Okay. Thank you very much, my friend. And then I uh, wish you all the best. Wish you a very, very good New Year and a prosperous, like everything of the best They're down there in the UK. And thank you very much for giving me this opportunity to come to your show and then hopefully things will work out the way you and I would, would love them to, you know. For Let's our continue. supporters out there, Let's continue. I don't know what's up. For our supporters <laughs> out there, I just want to say thank you very much for taking the time to listen to us. Make sure you follow us on our uh, Twitter account, our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube channel on the Whistle Podcast. Look out for us, follow us, give us your suggestions, and 
start looking for Mr. Mandela's one on the bench at a club very soon. Thank you very much. <laughs>